it's not an easy role to be in because it's a fine line to walk to, right? I have to be able to build relationships, but I also have a duty to the business of keeping things, keeping my integrity intact when it comes to what I can and cannot say. Welcome back to Find Your Magic, the podcast where mental health and entrepreneurship meet. I am thrilled that this interview finally happened. This has been months in the making, if not over a year in the making. I am speaking today with my friend and colleague and mentor and just one of the smartest women I know, Jocelyn Norris. Jocelyn is a leader in people operations, and we worked together for a time, and now we have both moved on to different jobs, different seasons in our career, but I have maintained a wonderful connection with Jocelyn because she always is so good at helping folks identify how they operate best in the world and best in their work and communicate that inside of their careers so that they can do better work, have more freedom, whatever that looks like to them. Basically, she just gets the best out of people. And I wanted to bring her on because there is a lot of talk right now, a lot of noise about job searching, the job market, People are really struggling in interviews right now. And so this is really, I'm glad it took this long to get Jocelyn on because I really think we are primed to have this conversation as a collective, to have this discussion about how to work with people operations to elevate your career, or if you're a leader, to elevate your company to elevate your team. So this conversation is really an open forum on leadership. How can we become better leaders who hire better people, who do better work and stay for longer, who who are able to contribute their best? How can people ops be included in the conversation and the, the whole organism of a company? Inclusion is a really big part of this conversation. And then speaking of inclusion, we also talk about a topic that Jocelyn and I have really collaborated on, but she's such an expert on diversity, equity, and inclusion, aka DE&I. As a culture, it is my opinion that we have backslid on really making good on the promises that were made in 2020, in the wake of George Floyd's murder, in the wake of Black Lives Matter. I think it's important to keep having conversations about DE&I and to show how we can, again, to reiterate, make good on the intentions and the promises that were made during a time of great turmoil and great upheaval and really understanding what do those three things mean? What is diversity? What is equity? What is inclusion? How are they different from each other? And how can we ensure that whether we're a team of one or a team of 1,000, that we have all three woven into the fabric 
of how we do business. It is so important for oh so many reasons, but it elevates everyone to have a deep understanding of DE&I and to have tangible KPIs, key performance indicators for anybody who's like, man, she's getting real, she's getting real businessy on this one. How we have goals that we can show that we met when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion. So please welcome the most incredible human who I'm not exaggerating when I say really saved my mental health when I was going through a very difficult season, especially with regards to burnout and mental health, being in a season of my job where I felt super alone, super lost, super crazy of like, maybe I'm just not good at this. Like maybe I was really questioning myself and my worth and my expertise. And Jocelyn, again, she's just so freaking good at getting to the root of it and helping people through these things and getting them to the other side. And I will be forever grateful to her for helping me through that season. But I value her friendship and her expertise so deeply, which is why I am thrilled to welcome her to find your magic. Jocelyn, this has been at least months in the making, if not years in the making. That, a long time coming where I was like, I, I will get on there. I will get on. <laughs> Give me some time. <laughs> And the reason I bring that up, everyone, is because Jocelyn is so freaking knowledgeable and such a good leader of people. And I really want your perspective, Jocelyn, on oh so low so many things, but in particular, how people can be better leaders. Because as you and I talk about mental health all the time. Mm-hmm. I think one of the hidden places where unhealed mental health issues kind of creep their way in to our daily lives is through work, but in particular leaders and leadership. And so I would love for you to start by just talking about like, what does leadership actually mean and what do you think successful leaders set out to do? For me, I think leadership really means getting in the trenches with your team. It's not about dictating what they should or should not be doing. It's leading by example, right? Like I'm huge on accountability in my professional and personal life. So I think it starts there. It starts there with any company. When you when you have a C-suite leader that's accountable, it trickles down to the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to leadership, I think it's being... I like to say being human, right? Like you can't come in and just be analytical and look at numbers and do all that. You have to be able to build the relationships too. There's Mm -hmm. people that are really great leaders that are analytical, but there's a piece that you have to be able to guide your team and be able to connect with your team so they trust in you and believe in you. So it's building those relationships and building that trust, admitting to mistakes. We all make a big one. (laughs) I like to say, like when I have a team and they ask me questions, I'm like, look, I don't know everything either. You guys can challenge me at any point because I don't always know. Hmm. But I'm, I'm with the mindset of continuing to grow my knowledge. Right. And so it comes with that as well. Understanding people and their dynamics and their motivators and who they are and what, what makes them who they are. Right. Yeah. And you see that a lot happening that really flows into people ops and it's it's kind of siloed there, but it's really as a leader, you have to know your team. 
Like one person may be motivated by money. One person may be motivated by recognition. You have to know your team to really be able to support them and can, and, and um, push them to grow and develop. Mm. I love uh, that. Like understanding what motivates people. I feel like that is a huge, 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 not just for the success of your company, but also like could really eliminate a lot of wasted time. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you get to know your people and know how to have the right conversations, I like to say something I've learned over the years is really how to cater my message so that it's received by the person, right? Mm. So it's like, I used to be a very direct communicator and I'm like, I'm just being honest. I don't understand why, why you're upset. And it's like, no, some people need you to pull back a little bit and 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 tone it down a little bit and fluff it up a little bit. And that's okay. But it's understanding those those the the receiver and how they receive that message. So they're not automatically defensive or whatever it may be. And then you get to that real person and then they get to start to open up to you and you find motivators, you find what makes them happy and why they're at the company and how you continue to pour into that. Yeah. I actually in, so Jocelyn and I have been talking about the interview process and the job interview process a lot recently. And one of the best questions that I got recently was you tell us how do you do your best work like what do you need to do your best work is it certain hours of the day is it like a certain number of meet do you like check-ins do you like being held accountable on like a project management software or are you like a you know put blinders on and bang it out kind of person it's Mm -hmm. so you can just ask people questions and nine times out of ten not only will they know but they'll be so grateful you even asked. Sure. They'll be even more motivated to get things done. Yeah. And, and and that's actually one of the things I do. I have like a one-on-one first manager connection sheet. And that's one of the things like that's on there is like, how do you work best? Because mm-hmm. not everyone is an, a nine to five person. I know myself, I'm like a 10 to two and then I start fading out. So let me just focus on my projects where I don't have to think. My best, my mind works the best between like 10 and 2.30. You'll get the best out of me. You'll get the best strategy. You'll get the best thought process after that. I'm dead. Yeah. Just like, okay, so let me focus on this project that's mundane. Let me bang this out and get it done. And then next day we come back and you get that same. So understanding how that person works. Some people work better at night. And I Mm -hmm. think we're in a world now where it's remote and hybrid and flexibility is so important to the workforce. And it's like, you actually get more productivity out of it. Like we're hearing all these things where people are trying to drag people back into an office because mm-hmm. paying for an office, it's not about the work. It's because right. for an office, right? But when you think about introverts and how people work, I know when I go into an office, I get less work done because we're stopping by my desk. Like, Hey, can I talk to you? Hey, can I pull you for a second? Hey, can I, can I, can I, can I, and in my role, sometimes you need that. Mm-hmm. But every day, like you can't expect me to get projects done and be in an office and have people stopping by my desk every 10 minutes. It's completely, impossible. completely. I think one of the really important things that even as an introvert myself, I didn't understand it until it was defined in this way where someone said, being an introvert isn't about not liking people. It's not about not wanting to be around people. It's how does your battery get? recharged. Do you recharge more alone decompressing? Mm -hmm. Like, does that fill your cup? Does that give you energy? Or 
do you get energy from being around a large group of people? Right, right. It's not about popularity. I feel like that's a misconception, right? Of or like, like social anxiety or whatever, whatever. Like, I'm surprised to hear you're an introvert. And a lot of people are surprised, surprised to hear I'm an introvert. You know what right? I mean? But it was only after it was defined like that for me. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. yes, 100% that's mm-hmm. me. It wasn't like, I love people. I love to obviously like I have a podcast where I talk to people on purpose all the time. And my job is all people. And it's still like, wait, you're in it. Yes. Because yeah. I recharge in silence. I will sit sometimes just stare at the ceiling and people are like, how do you do that? Jocelyn, do you want to know something hilarious? Okay. Behind me, you can't see it in our video right now, but behind me on the floor, I bought as an investment in my mental health. (laughs) I can't believe I'm admitting this on the podcast, whatever. I bought myself a giant orthopedic dog bed for a dog that I lay on the floor during my work day. It looks like, I mean, it's cute. Okay. It looks like a, like a sheepskin rug, but it's like memory foam orthopedic yeah. for like a, a great Dane with arthritis. Mm-hmm. And that's what I use during the day when I'm like too much meeting, too many, too much meeting, too many peopling. Mm-hmm. I got to just go lie on my dog. And I think people don't realize that for you being a creative, it affects your creativity for me. Like I learned the hard way that I burn out because I'm trying to save everyone else and I'm pouring into everyone else and that gets tiring. You know what I mean? So it's like, I've learned there's days where I go to work and I'm like, is this a hair on fire moment? Because today is, I I can help you, but today is not the day. If it's super important, I'm here. I'm all for it, but can I have a day? You know what I mean? Like I had to learn to be able to say, I am not in that mindset today and I don't have it to give because we all Mm. have a going on. And my job is to help and support people. Right. And so it's like, if I'm not in a mindset to do that, I will do you a disservice. Mm. So I need to show up in a way where I'm continuing to pour into you and service you. And sometimes I'm on eat. Yeah. What do you as a people ops person wish that leaders in other departments knew? Like what, what gold nuggets can people in other departments learn from people ops? You know, one of the things I hate most is hearing people say people ops are HRs for the protection of the company. No, we're not. Mm-hmm. You guys don't understand the question or the conversations we're having behind the scenes, the battles we're constantly fighting. Like it was funny, I was talking to another CPO yesterday, and it's a choice that we make to do this. A lot of people think, oh, I can just go into HR and do it. Mm-hmm. No. You can't just go in. I call myself an unlicensed therapist because a lot of the things I'm spending my time doing, you know what I mean? It's talking people off a ledge, getting people to connect, finding resolutions, things of that nature. So it's like, it's not an easy role to be in because it's a fine line to walk to, right? I have to be able to build relationships, but I also have a duty to the business of keeping things um, kind of keeping my integrity intact when it comes to what I can and cannot say. So it's a fine line and it's hard. A lot of people see HR or people ops come into a room and it's like, oh my God, why are they here? Am I getting Mm. happening? And I'm like, I'm just checking in on you. Like, what's up? You know what I mean? Like, and that, because that's what I'm here for. And I think what I've been able to do across my career is as people get to know me, I I believe in leaving my calendar open, schedule time. Like if Mm. you need me, schedule time, put it on my calendar and we'll talk. 
And as I start to have those conversations, people are like, oh, it's it's not so scary. You know what I mean? But it is yeah. my job to also connect. I think coming from a business operations background, moving into people ops and understanding the strategy and the process and all of that that goes into business ops and finance and all those good things mm-hmm. helps me be a better people ops leader. Totally. I, my job is to connect the dots between the two. And I don't think I could be as good of a people ops leader without having the background of doing the finance, of doing the administrative work, of doing all the other stuff that came with business operations than moving to people operations. Yes. Yeah. You know, what's so interesting is even just instead of saying HR, saying people operations and thinking of it as an operating system. It is. It is. Within a company is a complete mindset shift, right? And so if leaders, instead of thinking of it as like HR, you know, cue Wicked Witch of the West (laughs) music or whatever, um, thinking of it as a resource for whatever your department is, like for marketing, for example, So Jocelyn and I have worked together, which you will have heard in the intro. I worked in a marketing department at a company where Jocelyn was head of people ops. And within our marketing department, Jocelyn was an invaluable tool in being able to connect with each other across the country, across different personalities to goal set of like, what is the actual goal? What's important? How can we work together to achieve it? How do we play to people's strengths? Like who needs a break? How are we going to give them a break? How are we going to be the rising tide that lifts all the boats? Mm -hmm. An example also that I loved uh, that I heard a long time ago is like you're a chorus and sometimes people need to breathe. And while the people need to breathe, the other people can keep singing and Mm -hmm. you can have notes that go longer because other people can fill in. Point being, people ops is a resource just like every other department, like sales and marketing work together. Why wouldn't sales and people ops work together? But it's funny, we're our own little org within the org, right? Because we do Mm. sell, we do recruiting, we do marketing. Mm -hmm lawyer branding. We do, you know what I mean? We do product, the people and the programs that we're building, that's our product. We're customer service. We're serving the team. Mm. So look at it. We're actually at org within an organ. A lot of people, I, you hear so many companies talking about, oh, people ops, HR is not revenue driving. We are. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) How do you think the people got here? Like, yeah, I work with some great talent acquisition managers that can find a needle in a haystack. And we have worked with some difficult hiring managers and they Mm. will find needles in haystacks and it's impressive. Mm. And that is a seller because they're selling your company to that candidate to get them in the door. So to say we're not revenue driving, we bring in the people that are bringing in the revenue. So where does it start? We're top of funnel, right? Yeah, that's right. it's, It's so discouraging when you hear layoffs and the first team hit is like HR or like G&A because it's like it's not revenue driving and we need our sellers but the mm. tides will turn you still yeah. need people to support the people you still need someone to push the button for payroll you need all of these things done that's so true and it also makes me think about I would love your specific perspective on this Jocelyn the whole languishing quiet quitting mm-hmm. of it all mm-hmm. If you have a team member or an org within an org inspiring loyalty in your across teams in your organization, 
that, do you think that's like, I almost see it as a panacea or like a, a, um, what am I trying to say? An antidote Mm -hmm. to languishing or quiet quitting. Like somebody who's checking in and being like, Hey, what's going on? Yes. But I want to, I want to correct your language. I don't think it's loyal. I I think, I don't think, look, no, um, please. You're the expert. Loyalty when it comes to business, business is business. And at the end of the day, you have to look at it as a business. A lot of the decisions aren't personal. Sometimes they can be when, you know, yeah, culture is not right, but a lot of the decisions aren't personal. So it's a business. Mm-hmm. When it comes to loyalty, you got to be careful about saying I'm loyal to this company because you always, I tell everyone you got to do what's best for you and your family. Mm. So when it comes to how we stop the quiet quitting and keep people happy. It's growth and development. Mm. How are, how are they able to grow? How do they see that next stage? Is it clearly defined or is it, we just do this company together because we need to hit this bottom line number and that's all I care about. And the people are just here to do that. Mm. I believe pouring into the people as much as they're pouring into the business. And that comes with growth and development. I think we should be hiring for the next two or three roles, not just the role they're coming into. Right. Or That's a should- completely different way of thinking about it. I love that. Yeah, you're not just filling mm-hmm. this role in this moment. Yeah. You're f- potentially hiring for, yeah, the and next promotion. And how do you see them growing? And how mm-hmm. do they, they complement the team and fill those gaps? Mm-hmm. And then also, I believe in, even if a person is with a company for a year, how are we still continuing to grow their skill and push them, propel them forward until their, until their next role? Yeah. It's not all about hoarding. Yes, we want to retain, of course. We want to retain the people that add to the business and, and add to the culture and all of that nature. But sometimes it's just they they want to move on and we have to understand that. And we still continue to grow and develop them as as they come through the org and, and wish them best when, the best when they leave. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. What are you just personally like? What did you make of the whole quiet quitting uh, trend, I guess I might call it quiet quitting. Uh, all these trends are, so I know, I know. Cause I want to say it's more disassociation. Mm. If I'm in a culture that is not feeding me, that is not including me, that is not making me feel like I'm excited to show up to work, work every day. I'm mm-hmm. still going to show up. I got to get a paycheck. I got to eat. Mm-hmm. I'm going to disassociate. I'm not going to want to interact and do the extra stuff and go the extra mile. I'm going to come in and do my job and I'm going to do a great job at my job. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to see me like pushing innovation or pushing myself to be creative or do these extra things, right? Like, I just want to get in and get out. If I'm yeah. uncomfortable, why am I going to stay in an uncomfortable situation longer than I have to? I'm going to do my nine to five. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go to happy hours. I'm not going to want to socialize. I'm not going to want to do all that because I'm not comfortable. I haven't been made to feel comfortable to bring myself into work. So I think that's more what quiet quitting is when you're not feeling like your work is being recognized when you're not feeling included anyways, when you feel like there's people that aren't doing their jobs that are getting the recognition that, and, and you're mm-hmm. the one behind the scenes pushing things forward. It's like, yeah, why am I doing this? And mentally, like, it's hard, right? Because yeah. you feel beat up, right? It's like, I'm doing all of these things right. And it's still not good enough. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like you start to disassociate. I, I have to show up. I have no choice. I have bills. Yeah. I have whatever obligations, but you're not going to get the best me because you've shut that down. Right. I think that's a good bridge for DE and I, because yeah. if someone is not feeling, you use the word included a lot. Mm-hmm. 
And I was thinking like, God, she's not even saying the word valued. She's just saying included. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a really important language choice. Absolutely. So I would love to talk more about what does inclusion actually mean and how is inclusion different from diversity and how is how are both of those things different from equity? Because I think they get lumped together. There's a vague statement somewhere on a website and nobody really understands. Right. So let's start with diversity. Diversity, of course, is diversity and many people will define it differently. But I like to look at it as diversity of education, diversity of demographic, diversity of ways of thinking, diversity of experience, knowledge, all of that. I think it all plays into it, right? Mm-hmm. But you can hire as much diversity as you want. If there's no inclusivity, they're not going to stick. Right. So I know a lot of the times, especially at my level, I'm the only one in the room. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's not always a comfortable situation. It's not always, I don't always feel like I have the support in that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's funny because you always hear people say you need to find mentors and ad- people that will advocate for you in a room when when you're not in there. I'm like, I don't think I've ever Ow. had that. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so it's, it's, so I would say that's the difference. That's diversity. Inclusion is you can bring your whole self to work. You can show up as you are. Sometimes we show up 50%. Sometimes we show up 80%. Sometimes we show up hundred percent and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You give what you have to give that day. Mm-hmm. And we support the differences. We, we acknowledge the differences and, and that's who we are as a culture, right? It's not like this performative action. I think we've had a thousand conversations about the, the performance of DE&I. Mm -hmm. Um, equity is creating that growth and development and opportunities across the board for everyone equally. I don't care if you came in because you knew the person at the top or you came in because my TA found you Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, how leveling, how comp, how, how you're promoted, how your bonus should all be equal across the board. Mm -hmm. And, And that's, and you don't find that in a lot of places, especially in startups. It's hard to create that equity. Everyone says they're doing it. Everyone says they want to do it. But it's mm-hmm. like, when you look at it behind the scenes, it's like, well, are we really? Because yeah. there's when when your one-offs become your normal, it, it's, it's no longer a one-off, right? That's your culture. Mm-hmm. So when you have a culture of one-offs, right? It's, it's, it's who you are. It's, it's your core of who you are. Yeah. So I think when it comes to DEI and we're seeing right now and, and, in society as a whole, a lot of it backsliding, right? Like it's, yeah. we're fight, we're starting over. It feels like almost it, that's hard because especially when it comes to tech, especially when it comes to leadership, you already don't see a lot of people of color in those seats. Mm-hmm. And now you're making it harder. And it's, it's so interesting. Like I've talked to companies and leaders at companies. And I had one person ask me when it comes to DEI. and i how can you say that affects like the outcome of the business? Like I, he literally mm-hmm. said, I've never, he's like, I've seen startups that I think we we're talking about referral and referral bonuses. And I'm like, Ooh, I have a little issue with that because you bring in people that are like you and it ends up being. Right. Homogenous. Yeah. So he's like, well, I've seen companies that are very successful like that. And he's like, and I actually haven't seen it in reverse. And I was like, first of all, sorry, <laughs> that's an executive of a company that just got acquired. And it was one of the most diverse uh, leadership teams that I've ever been on. Mm-hmm. 
oh, I've seen it happen because literally in a month ago. And it's like, it's to have the audacity to sit in my face and say that. And I'm like, I know. And to not understand, well, maybe, maybe this person did understand and they're just a giant dick, but (laughs) my hunch is that they don't have the awareness, which is own horrifying conversation of like needing to do our own homework, especially white people, especially as white men. That's a whole other conversation that very much needs to be had. But the lack of awareness, like, I don't know, from the conversations that I've had with my friends who are people of color, especially women of color, especially women of color in tech, I don't know that the larger population understands that people of color are swimming upstream at all times. And once you understand, or at least start to try to understand Mm -hmm. what that might look like, you start to see the dominoes falling, right? The, the trickle down effects of that. Of course, there's more burnout Mm -hmm. of because you're, you're using more energy swimming upstream constantly. Just to do you, do that. does that, does that resonate? Am I on the Every right day. track? Like I had, yeah. when I was doing therapy, I had my therapist tell me, she's like, when do you take off your armor? Mm. And I'm like, can't, it's, I always got to go par- in prepared for a battle because even the simplest things is like, to me, I don't know. Everyone's common sense is different. Right. But I'm like, sure. this is the simplest thing. Like, why are we going back and forth about this thing? It's, it's, it just, yeah. it's the right thing to do. And like, what I will tell people is I I've learned in people ops to pick and choose where I'm going to stand firm. Right. But mm. one thing about me is injustice and doing the right thing is where I'm going to stand firm. And it's, it's not, I'm not going to go silently and you know, well enough after working. <laughs> yes, I do. But thank God, like I benefited from your value system. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I, and I can very much be vocal about that. Like, thank God that I had someone who shared my values, who was willing, who was in leadership in a role that was more senior than I, who made me feel included. Yeah. yeah. To put it, to put it, you know, to circle back to that, I felt like I was being heard and advocated for. Yeah. Which is, you know, not something that many people get to experience, frankly. For sure. And I think, I think going back to being a person of color in that seat, a lot of people hear it from someone coming, looking like me. A lot of people don't hear no anyways. No is a hard word. No, you know what I mean? Uh, Especially people in C-suite, they're not founders and startups, small startups. They're not used to no. Yeah. And I have to have those difficult conversations. That's what I'm brought in to do. And it's mm-hmm. not always easy. It's not always comfortable, but that is the job. And that is what I sign up for. And so it, 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 it layers it. It makes it a little bit even harder, right? Because A, I'm not a yes person. And I, I think you know that. And most of the people around me know that. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to having those difficult conversations and advocating for an employee and saying, hey, this is going on. We need to fix this and and getting the brush off. And it's like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. This is going on and we need to fix this. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's as, I mean, 
we just saw the woman who committed suicide because she felt like she was being bullied by mm. her boss. Mm. It's not easy, but she, almost she's in a role where she's protecting people and advocating for people. And it's what we choose to do. Mm. But and, the, and when you ask me, what is something about HR? A lot of people don't see we're mm. taking it from all we're taking hits from all side because yeah. employees get mad at us. Our, our C-suite gets mad at us. Our counterparts get mad at us. And it's like, because we are in a role of having the difficult conversations, we're telling people stuff they don't want to hear. Yeah. We're saying, hey, you know, there's an issue with your performance or we're doing those termination meetings. And it's like, that's why when we pop up the meetings, people are like, oh no, is this my time? No, it's not your time. I'm just, I'm just here. You know what I mean? And right. it's like, it's hard to fill in those gaps where it's like, I need to build relationships, but I also have a very difficult job to do. Yes. And I think a lot of people don't understand when they're like, I can go into HR and just do, it's not all fun and games. Actually, it's less fun and yeah. games than it is, you know, hard, hard. Like there's times where I would just after work, lay out on my couch and get a glass of wine, maybe a bottle mm-hmm. of wine, whatever mm-hmm. works. Cause it's just like, I'm depleted sometimes when I leave work because I, I chose and I love this job, mm-hmm. but it's a lot. It's a yeah. lot. I carry a lot day to day with me and I try not to take it home. I try not to take it in my personal life, but of course it does. You know what I mean? Especially working at startups where you get those late phone calls or you get, you know what I mean? It's ongoing. Yeah. It's, it's you're on a lot, a lot. There are fewer boundaries in the startup world is what I have sort of come to believe yeah. is that there's a lot more freedom in the startup world in many ways, but there are also a lot less boundaries. And if anyone is someone who needs to work on setting and maintaining boundaries, you'll find out real quick if you take a job in a startup. Startups are not for everyone. Yeah, The chaos of it is not for everyone. The pace of it is not for everyone. I love it. It's, it's mm-hmm. writing. I'm like, I tell people, I'm like, I don't know if I'm crazy that I keep doing this over and over again, but it's something that you're not going to get anywhere else. And it's right. like, I, I've thought about going corporate and bigger companies. And I'm like, that's just not who I am. Like I've right. interviewed, this is too formal. This is too stuffy. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not who it's, it's not the team. I, I think my personality caters to, and there are some yeah. people for it. Right. And it's just, but I just know myself and that's not who I am. Right. Right. And I think that, you know, for listeners here, a lot of us are working in startups or smaller teams or we're entrepreneurs and we're looking to hire our own teams, whatever it is, like there's so much that we can learn <laughs> um, about working with ourselves versus trying to make ourselves fit a mm. box we think we should fit. Mm-hmm. I think the more self-awareness, the more emotional intelligence, the more personal development that we do, the better everything gets in our lives. And I think that that is a huge misconception is that like mental health and therapy and what you say in your therapist's office is different than work because Mm -hmm. like you're the same human being Mm -hmm. who's coming in. And there's just, there's so much, like once you understand, like I'm not a corporate person. I need more room for creativity. I like the, the snappy pace, whatever it is. Like 
spending some time, even in particular, if you're doing a job search right now, anybody listening, like spend some time sitting with yourself and asking yourself questions of how you work best. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you just said is so powerful. I think there's also when you, when you're young in your career, there's a lot of people that will try to mold you, right. Mm. To say, you should do it this way. You should, I've been told I'm too quiet to be in people ops and I'm like, but I listen to people. That's part of what I'm supposed to do. I'm observing. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I've been told, like I said, I've been told I'm too quiet. I've, I've, I've been put into boxes at different places. And I'm just like, I had to discover like who I am, what, like how I work, like you said, how I work best, what I stand for, and then find a company that aligns with that. Because you're going to have people tell you, you aren't, you can't, you're not good enough, all of those things throughout life and career. And I think it's interesting because I played sports growing up and I think that primed me Mm -hmm. for everything that I do. You know what I mean? Like, we, I've been on the worst teams, the best team, all of it. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, you have to learn to not be broken by one loss. You have yeah. to learn to bounce back from that one loss, right? So mm-hmm. it's it, it plays, I think, I, I don't know how many athletes listen to this, but like, if you know, you know, like mm-hmm. when you've trained and you've done that your whole life and you've been through those ups and downs and highs and lows of everything and it's like, when you get into real life, you're almost ahead of people that have just kind of, you know what I mean? Not, not, yeah. not saying ahead, but like, whereas you have, have a different way of moving through the world yeah, than people absolutely. who have followed a prescribed path. Yes, yeah. I agree. And I still feel like I very much followed a prescribed path, but it's more or less like I'm very competitive at heart. Like that's still who I am. The growth and development I used to coach, like all of that plays into what I'm doing today. And it's a way that I get to live it on a daily life, on a day to day basis without being in sports, without being in coaching. You know what I mean? And, and it's yeah. why I do what I do. Yeah. It's so interesting. I see that come through in the way that you are in your work of that like coaching piece where you are so skilled at really bringing the best out of people. And here we are. That's why we're still friends having this conversation and I'm just so grateful for you Jocelyn. Kelsey I'm great I think we have had a lot of conversations that that you know flourish into pushing us to think differently or or, or think outside our own box and I think mm. the support from you as well on the other side I, one night I remember where we were in um where was it the ranch where we were trying it out and it was just us it was- <laughs> yeah uh-huh yeah all those bottles of wine and we were just having conversations and it's Uh like your thought process and your openness and, and just the way you operate. I I admire. Thank you so much. I ditto to all of that. (laughs) I'm getting a little choked up. (laughs) Well, y'all, this conversation is one for the books. I am so grateful. We finally made it happen. I'm sure we'll have Jocelyn back. Jocelyn, um, you have a website, so I will put that in the show notes. Um, where can people find you, interact with you, maybe even like reach out to you if they have questions or are looking for mentorship? I don't know. Is there a place for people to find Um, you? LinkedIn, the website has a contact form, like any, anywhere you can find me. I I'm here to support and help 
employees through I know the market right now and the economy is crazy and scary and all of those things. And if you ever have questions or concerns or just want some interview prep or interview questions or things of that nature, like let me know. I'm here. <laughs> Can confirm she's the best. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Jocelyn. Thank you everybody for listening. This is another episode of Find Your Magic. We'll see ya next time. All right, y'all know I'm about to ask you to subscribe to Find Your Magic on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you found us today. It truly helps podcasters pay their teams, find better guests, and give you good content. So if you want to hear more conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship, be sure to subscribe to Find Your Magic and leave us a review. Thanks for being here. Now go out there and find your magic.